Brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. 
Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Despite some women's speculation that men don't put a lot of thought into Valentine's Day as much as they do, my unofficial survey based on having to make a whole bunch of stops on this past Friday would argue against that thought. Men do think about it actually a lot. Whether they end up doing anything about it or not is an entirely different issue. A bunch of guys at the barber shop that I stopped at the other day were arguing whether if this one guy's celebrating his wife's birthday on February 13th, excuse him from having to do anything on the 14th. When asked for my opinion as a celibate unmarried man, I said, I don't think that's a wise idea. Then he snapped at me and told me how much he had spent on the bracelet he had bought her. I'm like, that's a lot of money, but if I had to guess, just Something small like some flowers or something, you probably can't go wrong with that. And he's like, you're a priest, what do you know? Another guy was talking about how it would be easier to go out on Saturday the 15th because everyone jacks the prices up, it's so hard to get a reservation on Valentine's Day, and it's just something that Hallmark made up anyway. But then he started doubting himself, wondering if going home empty-handed with plans to go out on Saturday would suffice, or would he be in trouble or not? Even among the, the college students that I work with, it's interesting to hear how my, my beloved students try to come up with their Valentine's ideas and what they're going to do. This one guy, I asked if he was going to be romantic and swipe his girlfriend's meal at the cafeteria that evening. He promised that he had few better plans other than that. I ended up sharing with a, a bunch of students th this past week the story of the last Valentine's Day that was of major consequence in my life, which was back in college. My girlfriend at the time, who was a classmate of mine, had been dating for about three months, but even though we had been friends for about a year and a half. Anyway, I knew that she always loved the music from the musical G Jesus Christ Superstar, and that she had never ever been to a live theater production. So when I saw that there was a, a Broadway production of it touring in Philadelphia, which was about an hour away from where we had gone to college, and that it was going to be there on Valentine's Day, I'm like, oh, this is going to be perfect. $50 a ticket, mind you. I mean, it's a lot now, but back in 1993, and being a poor college student myself, that was a heck of a lot more. I'm sharing that not to complain, but as a preface to the rest of the story. In the light of the 27 years since, I might understand a little better why that night didn't go as well as I had imagined. So after $100 on tickets, knowing the parking, the gas, and everything else was going to probably be another 30 or 40 bucks, I was more than financially tapped out. I just really hadn't planned every detail out correctly. So we're driving down. It's around 5.30, 6 o'clock in the evening, and I realized something important. I was kind of hungry. So I said to my Valentine, are you hungry? And she said she was. So being the gentleman I was, I asked if her preference was Burger King or McDonald's. 
Despite my friends who mocked me about this later, I did not purchase her a Happy Meal. She had the Big Mac value meal. I told the woman she could supersize it if she wanted. It's all on me. I know how to treat a lady. I even was willing to splurge on an apple pie, which she turned down. Anyway, the show was great. Everything was well done, and I thought she had enjoyed it all. But it wasn't too long afterwards that we had broken up. And the ensuing discussion, one of the reasons that this isn't working was directly related to this date, which, ladies, just an FYI, when you're breaking up with a guy telling him that he just wasted about $150 on a date night, it's not the most sensitive thing to do. And I remember her saying, I did enjoy the evening, but I'm sorry if I don't find McDonald's for dinner, followed by watching Jesus get crucified set to rock music as the most romantic thing I would have imagined. Next fall, I entered the seminary. No. <laughs> Actually, it was two years later, but anyway. It can be hard to find the right way to express our love not just between boyfriends and girlfriends on Valentine's Day or husband and wives or in any of our human relationships. How do we show our, our love for God? Is there a Valentine's Day gift or card that would somehow be able to articulate, I love you, Lord? If we look at what Jesus is saying in this entire passage from the Gospel of St. Matthew, we find Jesus is telling us how to love our Heavenly Father. On first hearing, it might be kind of difficult to take in because the imagery is harsh, the expectations seem impossible. And I've had more than a few students over the years share how unsettling the whole passage and some of those verses can be to reflect on. But if we could sit with that uncomfortableness a bit, you can get into the deeper message. The one and only thing that God hates, that Jesus hates, is sin. And not simply because it's a rejection of God and it's a turning away from Him, but because of what sin does to us individually and the effects that it can have on all those around us. So Jesus tells us how we can demonstrate our love. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. No, there aren't knives and saws in the back of the church to make this a Valentine's Day weekend that God or any of us would never forget. Fortunately, even the thickest-headed of men who loved Jesus, the apostles, realized that Jesus wasn't looking for them or for us to severely maim themselves. But Jesus is using that dramatic Im imagery and examples to get our attention to do something important. God had given his people a covenant. He had said to them, you will be my people and I will be your God. And then he laid out the expectations of what that meant in the Ten Commandments. By following these, these ten laws, the Lord had said his people would demonstrate their faithfulness and their love for him. But people being people, humans being human, we're, we're always looking for a shortcut. We're always looking for a loophole to do the very least that we have to do. And that's why so many moral debates of our day and time, there's this ridiculousness on all sides of every issue when it comes to how does a disciple of Jesus apply biblical principles to present day situations? 
I had, I'll never forget a student saying, there's no commandment about downloading songs for free off the internet. Okay, true, but if you're honest, if you dig a little deeper and you reflect a little more, you could probably see how that's covered by thou shalt not steal. Oftentimes we just want to find whatever loophole and say, well, technically Jesus never said anything about and then follow it with whatever it is that we want to pass on. And when we start doing that, we find temptation is harder and harder to resist as the devil keeps presenting more and more things that on one level makes reason or we make think is logical when in our heart and soul we know we're trying to get away with something and that's why this gospel is so real it almost sounds like jesus is fired up or almost being sarcastic like he's saying you really think you're being faithful you think you're loving my father by doing what you're doing jesus being fully god and fully human is able to speak directly to us pointing out those inconsistencies, pointing out those loopholes that we've created, how we fool ourselves into thinking that if we were on trial with God, we could say, well, well, Lord, technically we followed your commands. Technically, I never took a gun or a knife and killed someone, conveniently forgetting the butcher job that we did talking about people. Lord, when did I ever commit adultery? The people that I fooled around with were never married, and so on. When we think about it, Flowers die, candy is digested, cards, stuffed animals, gifts, they all will fade and be discarded. Even a night at the theater will one day simply be a memory. In light of the fullness of life that Jesus wants us to have right here and right now, and remembering the promises that Jesus is offering us for eternal life that is to come, what greater gift can we give those in our lives that we care about, not just on Valentine's Day, but every day of our lives, than for us to fall deeper in love with Jesus? Jesus is trying to help us in that pursuit, moving us out of living a relationship that's shallow into an authentically living and loving one. And that's why he uses those extreme examples like cutting off limbs that could cause us to sin to point out how ridiculous we can be sometimes. How we can fall into that trap of simply trying to fulfill an obligation rather than truly express our love. Because in the end, the body part that matters the most to Jesus isn't our eyes or our, our arms or our hands. It's our hearts are giving them completely to him and he truly possessing them and living in them.